Welcome to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches and a production of the 224 Ecospace, where changemakers work, create, and lead. fortunate to have with us Andre Rochester, who is the founder of Rochester Fine Arts. He's here today to talk about creativity, fine art, and its impact on one's whole life. In addition, he's a part of the artist group Audacious Agency, which has an artist talk on January 31st at Yale Divinity School. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Glad to have you here. So tell us where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Oh, so I, I grew up in and around the Hartford area my, my entire childhood, actually. I started off on Martin Street in Hartford and uh, lived there till I was about seven, moved to Manchester. Been in Manchester till uh, sophomore year of high school, sophomore year of high school, went to East Hartford. Graduated from East Hartford High, although I did move back to Hartford when I was 16. Um, my childhood, uh, it, was, it was interesting, to say the least. Um, up until about age 10, I would say I had a, uh, a pretty good childhood, actually. Um, after that, my mother had gotten uh, diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and so I found myself in a position where I had to grow up really quickly. Um, so I was taking care of my mother until she passed away uh, when I was 16. Um, and then I went to move with my father um, after that, but I stayed in, uh, in the East Hartford school system. I actually wrote a letter to the East Hartford board to uh, keep me in school. So I did it the legal way. Mm. <laughs> and they allowed me to stay. Like, I guess they were impressed by it. Powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. So I caught the city bus uh, to, uh, to school for my senior year of high school. Um, but uh, yeah, that, it, uh, it actually contributed to me being an artist. Um, I used art to deal with the, the stress that I was going through uh, at that time and helped me uh, get through what I would say is the hardest part of my life. So. Uh, that's why I'm an artist today. And who were your artistic influencers when you were a child? Hmm. So I didn't really know a lot of artists. I just liked art. So um, I was into like abstract artists. Like I was into Picasso and uh, and then surrealism caught my eye. Like I actually redid a Salvador Dali piece, the one that's uh, the one with the uh, apparition of a dog in a fruit dish, the one that's in in Wadsworth Athenaeum right now. Um, a part of their permanent collection. I did that and I put my own portrait in it. Um, I did that, I think, maybe my junior year of high school. I did uh, uh, pastels. Um, so I was heavily influenced by surrealism and, uh, and uh, abstract art, like just cubism. I like Jackson Pollock's work. Um, and it's more complicated than it yeah, looks, isn't it? it's a it? lot more complicated than it looks because it's all about emotion. Jackson Pollock was not just splattering stuff on there thinking, oh, hey, that looks good. Let me splatter some more. It was, it was, uh, it's called abstract expressionism um, for a reason. And it was about just kind of uh, illustrating an emotion that he had been uh, feeling or, or uh, trying to get through or something that he needed to convey about uh, what was going on in his own life at that time. So... Uh, it kind of spoke to me. And so when you think about your early years of being influenced by art, mm -hmm. what gave you the motivation to pursue art education? So I was, um, I was involved in a, a few youth programs, um, one of, well actually two of which I did murals in, and um, 
I also was involved in, in a program that got me involved in like uh, graphic design. So uh, a gentleman named Chris Wright, who's actually still around in the Hartford area today, doing really well for himself, shout out Wright Design Group, um, he ran a program that was called uh, BHOT, Business Entrepreneurial something technology, I don't remember, it was high school <laughs> a long time ago, but, um, but it was about exposing kids to graphic design and teaching entrepreneurship, and this was through Catholic Charities. Um, from doing that program, I went on to, uh, to work with Carlos Hernandez Chavez on a mural about immigration. And there used to be an immigration center in downtown Hartford. And basically, I worked on some of the preliminary drawings for that mural. I helped paint it. Um, and uh, that was an amazing experience, um, just seeing how a mural is actually put together. Um, and then I also worked with Victor Pacheco um, on a, a mural for uh, for a Catholic, no, actually for uh, Youth Opportunities Hartford, which is uh, unfortunately is no longer a, an organization out here anymore, but um, I did a mural in one of their offices. And so the immigration mural, is that the mural that's currently in Hartford City Hall? No. Okay. No, something different. So the immigration office used to be... Uh, it's like an old church building over on um, that street behind the old state house, that Market Street. Something so, like that. Something down there, yeah. So it, it was a. Uh, it looked like an old church, the uh, the building, and then it was in the stairwell going up. But uh, unfortunately, they painted over it uh, for whatever reason. I, I don't know what what happened with that, but it was years after it was painted. Um, and we had a chance to work with Bosnian immigrants at that time and that was cool you know being able to to meet people who had actually migrated here and, uh, and sought refuge in the u.s so. so talk about your education path and how you ended up at art mm. school so i ended up in art school uh because uconn gave me money <laughs> so i went to uconn school of fine arts and i studied i started off as a graphic design major but i didn't like it because they um they weren't teaching me the stuff that I thought I was going to learn in a graphic design program. Um, I came in there having already been exposed to like Photoshop and Illustrator and all this. I thought, oh, we're going to get right on the computer and we're going to do all this stuff. And that wasn't the case. They actually break it down from the manual design stuff, like you're drawing letters and, and understanding fonts and stuff like that. And, and you're really learning the craft of graphic design. Um, but the problem is, as a fine artist, as somebody who likes to do portraits and stuff, it, it doesn't really speak to me. So I decided to leave that alone and go to um, illustration, where you apply some of the, some of the, the same uh, guidelines for graphic design, but you can still get your hands dirty. I like to touch the medium. I like to you know, get, get engulfed in the work, and, and I don't really want to sit around at a computer. Um, to, to make my stuff like I like to feel the canvas I like to hold the brush and, and touch the charcoal and all that stuff it's it's a it's a, a process that is near and dear to me and, and I, I get something from that so uh, with illustration I managed to um, to do fairly well um, and uh, it helped me learn uh, how to be a better drawer it helped me it certainly helped me with painting I had to take four uh, figure painting classes <laughs> 
well, actually figure drawing and figure painting. And, um, and so I learned a lot about drawing the anatomy and, and uh, proportions and all that stuff, you know, typical stuff that you learn in art school. So if someone's listening right now, mm -hmm. we know there are people listening, I should say, and they're wondering what your style of art is mm -hmm. like, how would you describe your approach to visual art? So I, I wouldn't necessarily put my work into a specific genre. Um, I, actually, I actually tried to avoid it. Um, I think that my work is expressive. Uh, my work is vibrant. It is very colorful. Um, lately, it's been uh, political in some ways. Uh, I've been tackling subjects uh, about social issues that, that people of color face. Um, so it's certainly, uh, it's certainly driven uh, towards the direction of social awareness. Um, I do a lot of portraits and figure work, but now it's gone from images of people to images about people. And so I'm tackling, I'm tackling um, subjects that we, we deal with in our lives by removing the person from it and focusing on the emotion and the symbolism behind certain parts of it. So uh, for instance, I have, a, I have a piece that's about respectability politics. It's actually a noose. And in that noose, there's an image of a uh, of a, a power chair, so to speak, right? And that chair is at this big table. There's a uh, a shadow of a tree in front of that chair, and so it's about how we lose ourselves trying to live in this shadow of what power is supposed to look like according to uh, mainstream society, and it's called a tree from which we hang ourselves. And woven within the noose are ties, very fine-looking yep. suit ties. Mm -hmm. And so to someone who sees the image, it's also the experience of how some of these professional positions mm -hmm. can choke you out, kill you. It is. It is. Um, you know, being someone who works in corporate America, I, I see it frequently. Um, there's, a, there's a term called code switching, and it is a very real thing where you, you change certain aspects of of who you are in order to fit into that environment and um, for the most part I resist it um, there are some times when it is absolutely necessary because uh, you know you uh, you will alienate people if you if you uh, get a little too uh, cultural so to speak um, but you also have to remember who you are in that atmosphere you have to not lose that part and that and I think that's that's a risk that people take in corporate America because the culture is not set up for you to be an individual. And express yourself in that yeah. way. We're talking with Andre Rochester, who is a fine artist, and we'll be back after the break.
Hoi, mateys! Now I know you probably think a pirate like me with a peg leg and an eye patch is in search of me buried treasure, but tis not so, me mateys. My brave crew and I have pledged to plunder no more until we clean up all the garbage that comes out here from land. <laughs> Why just today, I found an aluminum can that said soda pop from the mountaintop. Somebody probably threw it on the ground and it washed into a drain pipe and into a river and into the ocean. <laughs> Now I've got the best crew in the seven seas. But we can't do it all ourselves. No, not on our own. Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. To learn more about keeping oceans clean, visit keepoceansclean.org. Not tarnation. I mean, keepoceansclean.org. Right? That's keepoceansclean.org. Yeah, what he said. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking with Andre Rochester, who is the founder of Rochester Fine Arts, and he is also a part of Audacious Agency, an artist group that's having a talk at Yale Divinity School on January 31st. So once again, let's continue your journey of development with art. Talk about your experience doing your advanced study in art school and how that caused you to start your own firm. So art is normally an entrepreneurial effort to begin with. Um, when you go into art school, you are in fact learning to uh, develop your craft. However, you do not necessarily learn the business of being an artist. Um, I think that the art schools are now getting a lot better with that. They are teaching you uh, certain, certain parts of, of what it means to be a business person in this field. Um, but at the time that I was in school, I did not get that, so I had to read a bunch of books. I had to just do trial and error, and, and that's just what it was. Um, but I always knew that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a professional artist and sell my work, so I got to figure out how to get it out there. So um, all that to say that a lot, of, um, a lot of what I've done over the last 11 years uh, with regards to being an artist and, and doing business, um, it involved just a lot of planning on my own. A lot of figuring stuff out, a lot of uh, you know, just finding peers who are like-minded and, and trying to connect with them on, on some plane and um, and make stuff happen. Uh, in a community where there are a lot of artists but not a lot of places to show, you kind of have to get creative about how you do it. So um, my foray into the uh, into the art world after um, after art school, it it was um, it was not something that was easy. It wasn't like automatic. Um, in fact, my first, the first time that I showed art publicly, it was a big group show. Um, it wasn't like a solo show like some people may think. Um, and that was my first exposure to how many artists actually are in this community. And it just blew me, it just blew my mind, blew me away. And it was a, a show where everything was like from floor to, floor to ceiling, nothing but paintings and drawings, et cetera, et cetera. And I met so many people at the show. And then I worked at an art supply store. So that was another way for me to network. And so I just got myself into the community that way. Um, and I did a show with um, some of the people I worked with. Um, so I've, I'm happy to say that I learned the way that I did because in most of the uh, events that I've done over the past 11 years, like I've had some type of involvement in the planning, the curating, the installation, all the behind the scenes stuff. I've designed flyers for most of my shows. Like I, 
I've learned what it takes to actually put on an art show by needing to find a way to do it um, or needing to find a venue to do it. I got a lot of no's from local galleries uh, in the beginning. So it, it was uh, it was one of those things where like, you know, I know I got this talent. I need to show it off. How am I going to do this? I had to just figure it out. And so you went through the art school process, mm -hmm. came out, thought you were going to work as an artist. Was that the intention? <laughs> yeah, that was the intention. <laughs> and so then you soon discovered that livelihood doesn't necessarily come from producing yeah. paintings in Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, I spent a lot of time broke. <laughs> um, when I was doing these shows and stuff, I did not have a lot of money. Um, I was working retail and, uh, you know, unfortunately I was unable to finish school at UConn, so I left a little early. Um, Really, I just owe money to the school. I couldn't pay it off in time for my uh, my last semester's uh, registration. So by the time um, by the time it, it came for um, for the next semester to begin, it was just kind of it was a done deal. Like I had to I had to unenroll, and uh, it took me seven years to get back into school. Um, so in 2014, I obtained my bachelor's degree from Charter Oak State College. Yay! And uh, that's a BA in studio art. So. I finished all of my art requirements at UConn, but I had like general education classes that I needed to take. So I did that, and um, uh, I'm happy to say that I got my uh, my bachelor's degree when I did, um, because I learned a lot in that seven year uh, time frame when I was a struggling artist and, and trying to you know figure out life and then learn you know what I want to do, you know who am I going to be, <laughs> um, and um, I managed to to keep art. A, a huge part of my life during that whole time. I ain't had no money, but I was making a lot of work. <laughs> and then you figured out mm -hmm. that a job in corporate America might be an option. How did that well, feel, and how did you weave in your art experience well, it, in your corporate life? Uh, originally, I didn't begin in corporate America. I actually started off as a machinist in a, uh, a union shop, and uh, I was on the I was basically on the list for layoffs. And I saw that a job was posted, and I just applied for it. I wasn't qualified for it or anything like that. And uh, because I had some college, I, I went in and I impressed people because they. They didn't. Um, they didn't expect me to be as articulate and as um, as prepared to present as I was, because most of the folks that I worked with on the shop floor, they had not gone to college. A lot of these folks had been working their jobs since high school, and that was it. Um, so I went there, and uh, you know, I, I did well in my interview. Had a uh, like a panel of eight people that I had to talk to. It was it was nerve-wracking. Um, but I got the job, and I, I became an internal auditor. Uh, and that's uh, quality auditing. Uh, so I did that for a little while, and then I got into uh, my current role, well, my current uh, company that I'm working for. And uh, now I'm in the corporate environment. Um, but it, it wasn't planned. It wasn't something that I thought was, was going to be like my goal for, for paying for what I need and all that. Like I just needed a job. And then I ended up growing in that job and I, I got into where I'm at. Um, and it's great because I wouldn't have had a studio on my own if I didn't take the corporate job. I wouldn't have been able to pay for a lot of things that I can pay for now. I won't be, I wouldn't have been comfortable for as long as I have been. Uh, over the last couple years um, if I didn't take the job. So I'm grateful for the fact that I am working in corporate America, but that will also end at some time. Uh, and so now it's it's about uh, figuring out how I'm going to make the art work for me uh, business-wise and, and thinking uh, 
a lot thinking more clearly uh, about what that looks like. When I started out uh, after leaving UConn, I didn't have a clear plan. I didn't have a clear understanding of what it actually meant to start a business. And so that's why I failed. <laughs> um, so now that I'm a lot older and wiser, um, I certainly understand what it means to, to have your own business and, and what it takes and the type of planning that, it, that, um, that I'll need to do for what I plan to do now going forward. Um, so it's going to be a matter of figuring out what my exit strategy is from corporate America. And, I, and that's really where I'm at. It could be, it could be one year, it could be three years. I just know that I won't be retiring from corporate America. I'll be leaving and, and doing my own thing. And also you've been in the midst of earning a master's degree mm -hmm. in what? Organizational leadership. In organizational leadership. So how does your training in art and now your advanced education weave together to make you a different kind of artist. So I have I have experience in a uh, in a business setting, um, a business setting that that is uh, in some ways a bit cutthroat. Uh, uh, I understand how certain people think now. I can talk the language a little more. Um, I am learning what it is to run a business uh, from uh, you know from my degree but also learning how a major business operates through working in this office environment throughout the week. My nine to five has taught me um, what goes into running a, a large corporation, at least some of what goes into running a large corporation. So I can take that, I can take that understanding and I can apply it to my artwork. Now, I by no means want to turn my work into some corporate entity. That's not what I'm saying. but. I have a certain level of business acumen that I've gotten from working in that environment. And that helps me when it comes time to talk to people who may be potential investors for me, who may want to purchase my artwork, or who may want to partner with me on things. They can, they can, uh, they can meet with me and they'll see that uh, you know, I understand what they're talking about. And it, it, it helps out because they won't necessarily expect me to be able to talk to them on that level, um, so it, it kind of uh, it kind of eliminates some of the obstacles and uh, misunderstandings that can happen between uh, an artist and um, you know the average person. So we're talking with Andre Rochester, who's the founder of Rochester Fine Arts, and we'll be back after the break. You have been listening to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches. I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
square feet. What would you do with that kind of possibility? Would you strategize your future? Or get lost in the past? Will you fill it with stories? Or use it to empty your mind? Would you explore your spirituality? or focus on improving your community? Will you use it to work late? 
or just work it? Could you create lasting impressions? Or a brief delicious one? Our vision for the 224? 30,000 square feet of endless possibilities. Welcome back. We're talking with Andre Rochester, the founder of Rochester Fine Arts. He's a part of an artist group called Audacious Agency, and there will be an artist talk on January 31st at Yale Divinity School. So share with our audience your experience with Audacious Agency and what's the purpose of the group. So Audacious Agency. <laughs> Audacious Agency brought me out of a hiatus from last year. Um, and I have to I have to start with that because uh, another member of the group, Sulanette, she um, she told me something that kind of changed the way I was thinking about what I was doing. I had some major failures in 2017, and um, I was I was a little devastated, and I didn't do anything for a number of months. And then Sulanette, who I I consider to be a peer, um, she tells me that she looks up to me. And that she, uh, you know, she, she told me that she saw me as uh, kind of like a, a mentor, which I did not expect to hear. Um, and so that, that changed my, my, uh, my thinking like almost immediately because now somebody's telling me that they see what I'm doing, although I'm not doing much at the time, and that they, uh, they have learned from me. And that's what I'm in this for. Like, I want to help people through this journey as an artist. Of course, I want to be successful with my own work, but uh, I want to be able to pull people up with me, and, and you know, we can all, we can all party when we make it to the top, right? Um, so, Sulanette brought me into Audacious Agency, which wasn't Audacious Agency at the time. <laughs> it was it just had a, another name. It was just a group of people <laughs> who uh, who. Wanted to get together and, and support each other, and um, I had my own apprehensions because I had been in an artist group, and it, uh, it ended up dissolving, and it, it did not end uh, nicely. Um, so I came in, and uh, immediately, I'm like, I'm not leading anything. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be here. Don't expect me to take much responsibility, right? But uh, it ended up being more like, you know, we just, we're just another group of artists who really just want to see what's going on and, and keep each other accountable. Like, we're just trying to make it, and we're all on that same level. And so I felt so much more comfortable hearing that and seeing that in our meetings um, that I, I just kept coming. And so it went from... Let's just support one another and you know keep each other encouraged to, hey, let's do an art show. Then it turns into, let's do an art show outside of Hartford because we're all trying to get known outside of home. And then it was like, you know what? Let's dream a little bigger and let's do a tour. And so we had this tour. Well, we had this tour idea. And then uh, it went from, okay, so now we're gonna do like five dates over the next year. You know what? Let's start at Yale. <laughs> and then it got real uh, because we pursued Yale and we got it. And so now we're at Yale Divinity School at our first stop in the uh, Audacious Agency uh, Traveling Exhibit. And it's, uh, it's been such a great experience with just planning this thing out because everything seems to be happening organically. Um, it's not any pressure to do anything. It's not... Uh, 
it's it's not like another job. It's really um, it, it's really a, a labor of love, and uh, it's it's all about the passion behind it. And we all have something powerful to say with our work, and it's just all coming together. And it's been a beautiful experience for me. Like I I feel so energized after the past year of being a part of this group. Like it's it's almost like I'm back to 11 years ago when wow. I was trying to get out there and grind and, and get my name out there. Like I, I feel, I feel so motivated by this group that I just, uh, I want to do good because I want to make y'all proud. <laughs> you know, and that's nice to be in a group like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about the opening at Yale. What was it like and what's the collection like? Oh man. So the opening at Yale, um, it was great. <laughs> there were a lot of people there. We had at least a hundred people there, probably more than that. And uh, everybody was engaged in the work. There were a lot of great discussions happening. Um, I got a chance to, to talk with some of the students and faculty and, and just uh, you know, some of the invited guests who were there. And, and everybody seemed to be taking some kind of message with them when they left. And that is the goal. You know, we want them to, to not only just uh, you know, observe the work and think it looks nice. We want you to connect with it. We want you to, uh, to, to think, feel, and discuss, right? Um, and that's exactly what happened. And, and I was overwhelmed with joy <laughs> that day. Um, I remember y'all were picking on me because I was a little giddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. But uh, yeah, I was very happy. So give a shout out to the other, other artists that are a part of yeah. the group. So shout out to you, Shelly Best. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Sulanette and Keith Clater. And Patrick and Rico Patrick Williams. Rico Williams. And so cool. each are artists that do different kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, and so we uh, among us we have uh, authors, we have poets, we have activists, we have a photographer, we've got painters, we've got drawers, we've got a lot going on. Um, Patrick is, uh, is actually an author and, uh, and poet. Uh, he wrote a book called Jesus is Black, which is basically a, a book with little snippets that pretty much... Uh, it, it it sets the the case for why Jesus would be a black man. It's it's satire, uh, it's comical, it's hilarious, but it also makes you think. Like you know what? There's a lot of things going on here that I can relate to. Perhaps he is. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I thought it was cool. And so his um his displays because this is his first time doing visual art, and I'm talking about Patrick a lot now on purpose because I'm really proud of what he's doing. Um, he hasn't been a visual person until this show. It's always been text, it's always been writing, and um, to see him evolve and get really engulfed in it and, and to really develop these concepts um, by using his text uh, is amazing. Like, I can see his growth, and I'm sure his writing is gonna improve after this as well because he's thinking in, in, different, uh, in different ways. Um, and uh, he's not only doing visual arts for the first time, but he's doing installation work. Right. And installation work is tough. Like, I'm not good at installations. Um, so I know he's having a, a, a fun time with it. Um, but a but powerful he's making it happen. case and powerful installation exactly. has been created. Exactly. So talk about what's coming next in 2019 with your work. What's coming up beyond the artist talk on January 31st? And we'll come back to that. So we have the other, uh, the other tour dates for Audacious Agency. Um, and then uh, I'm going to have a solo show, uh, which uh, the details will not be revealed yet. Uh, there's more to come on that. We're still planning that out. Um, but that'll be uh, 
to be early 2019. Um, and then I'll have uh, another show that I'm co-curating at Windsor Arts Center um, with a, a mentor of mine, Stanwood Cromwell, uh, and uh, three other artists. Uh, we're going to be on display in the fall of 2019, and that's going to be a great show. I actually met these artists um, out in, uh, in Saratoga Springs, New York, uh, when, I, when Stan invited me to a show. Uh, so that's going to be uh, a really, really interesting show. I love their work. And uh, I'm not talking about the artists on purpose because I'm not sure if we can reveal much info yet. All right. Uh, we're, we're working that out as well. So. so what will happen at the Artist Talk at Yale Divinity School on January 31st from 6 to 8 p.m.? So on January 31st, what we're going to be doing is, is basically engaging our audience. We want to talk to people about what our work is about. We want to understand what, you know, what, they're, what they're getting from it, you know, how you feel about what you're seeing. And this is a, a good opportunity to get to know us as a, as a group. So if you attended the opening, you know, that was fine. You had a, you had a good chance to, you know, maybe mix and mingle and, and talk to one or two of us. But now you have a panel. And we're, we're going to tell you about ourselves, and then we're going to answer all your questions right on the spot. And uh, it's going to be a good time. You know, we're looking forward to having a conversation. Um, and and I, I can't stress that enough. It's a conversation with the audience. It's not a lecture. Uh, we want to engage with you um, and, and understand, you know, what, what are you getting from Audacious Agency? And uh, I think that we've been successful thus far in, in how we've ex executed the show. Um, but now it's time to, to really dive a little deep in some of the subjects that we're touching on in our work. And if people want to see more images or hear more about Audacious Agency, it's on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And if they want to know more about you, how do they find out more? You can go to AndreRochester.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-R-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. Um, you can also find me on Instagram. That's Dre B. Payton, uh, D-R-E. B P A I N T I N, uh, and I'm also on uh, on Facebook. It's Rochester Fine Art. Thank you so much, Andre Rochester, for your vision and your contribution to the wellness of our artistic community. Well, thank thank you. you for having me. My friend. Feel as their appointed duty. They keep trying to tell me here. All you want to do is use me. Uh -huh. 
that I ought not to let you just walk on me. And I'm sure he meant well. Yeah, but when I talk was through. I, I, I said, brother, if you only knew, you'd wish that you were in my shoes. You just keep on using me until you use me up. Until you use me up.
You have been listening to Rich Answers, a public affairs program of the Conference of Churches and a production of the 224 Ecospace. Reach out to us and tell us what you think. Look for Rich Answers, the Conference of Churches, and me, Reverend Dr. Shelley Bess, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like us, follow us, share us.